0: Welcome to Horror Court trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're back at the end of the month. It's May's original versus remake. Yeah, it goes quick, doesn't it? It does, it does. We're here again. Yes. Uh, we're here again, and we're discussing a rather obscure one this time. Fairly obscure. I think it's got a bit of a following. Yeah, people knew what it was, which surprised me. It's, um,
1: I just realised today that it's getting an Arrow video release it is. on Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, the original, The original. that was, being, yeah. um, out in June. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it's got a bit of a following. It's, um, it's The Initiation of Sarah. Yes. And it's a TV movie. Which we don't really get here in the UK, do we? Like TV Not movies. really, no. Like, it, it, what we would usually get is like a two-part drama yeah. over two days rather than a feature-length film specifically made for TV.
0: The only one I can really think of is Ghostwatch. Yeah, Ghost, yeah, I suppose Ghostwatch um, would be... And we would get the Disney Channel original movies. Yeah. Suppose, which is the closest. American imports, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, Yeah, um, the closest we'll get to anything like this.
1: Whereas British productions, you would get a story told over, you know, two, three or, or yeah. four hours. Um, and it would be half on a Monday. You'd have your cliffhanger. And then the other half on a Tuesday or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, rather than a specific... And it usually you wouldn't get people
0: like Jennifer Tilly. No. <laughs> in the, you wouldn't get... Well, yeah. Really I mean... big movie. Well, I suppose... You wouldn't really get her in American TV movies, would you? This is... I don't...
1: Yeah, this seems a bit out there for her... Um, This being the re- the remake we're talking about with Jennifer Tilly Well,
0: before we get into it, uh, the poll results are some of our most interesting yet. Yeah, this is a first 190 episodes in, and this is a first. It's 50-50. 50-50. And a justifiable 50-50, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I prefer one slightly more than the other. Um Slightly. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, they're both almost on par. There's not much between them. Yeah, no, that's not to
1: say they're both five-star masterpieces. But they're probably both as good as each other.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Usually we do socials catch up, but we haven't got a lot this month. But keep on coming for next month. Uh, As you know, we are Horrible Trust over on Facebook and Instagram. Oracle Trash on Twitter. i mean, very interested to hear what anyone's going to say about these films. Yeah. Um, so getting into it, The Initiation of Sarah, released in 1978, directed by Robert Day. Now, he's got quite a filmography. Um, the Green Man, Grip okay. of the Strangler, Corridors, Corridors of Blood, First Man in Space, Two-Way Stretch, Lots of Tarzan films... Operation Snatch. <laughs> the Great American Beauty it's Contest.
1: Operation Snatch?
0: I did, I did. Okay. The Great American Beauty Contest. Having Babies. Black Market Baby. The Man With Bogart's Face. Right. Your Place or Mine. Right. And lots more. <laughs> um, never heard of any of them. No, not a porn director either, which is quite surprising with those titles. I'm
1: assuming a lot of them would be TV movies as well. Uh, yeah, they are. Um... Interesting enough, though it was written partly by Tom Holland, as in the Fright Night. No, Thri- no Spider Man. Spider Man, Tom Holland. Okay. No, yeah, as in Fright Night, Tom Holland. That is as interesting. In, yeah, so this was the first his first writing credit. Yeah. Um. He went on to write The Beast Within, Class of Nineteen Eighty Four, Psycho Two, Fright Night, obviously Child's Play. Yeah. Um, he would direct a few films as well, including Fright Night, obviously. Oh, he directed Child's Play. Of course he directed this, yeah. Child's Play. Yeah. Um, Fatal Beauty. So, yeah, this, um, oh, The Temp. Yeah. The Temp he directed, uh, Thinner. Um, so, yeah, um, Tom Holland being quite a strong... Name, it not is, at yeah. the time now, but within the horror field.
0: Yeah, I mean, this doesn't quite have the uh, clever, witty writing of Fright Night or Child's Play. Um, <laughs> definitely early Tom Hollands, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for first, finding his feet, finding his fee. first
1: job out of college.
0: Uh, budget, I have no idea because the internet doesn't want to tell me, and I can't tell you how much it made because it's a TV movie, yes. Trivia. In the original draft of the script, the Sorority Sisters were transformed into barnyard animals. D- ABC executives uh, balked at the notion and targeted this and other special effects sequences that were beyond the limitations of filmmaking at the time to be rewritten. Um, Shame. I'd
1: have loved to have seen that. A little, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Um, we'll get into what actually happened <laughs> and why farmyard animals may have been a bit
0: better. Yeah. Often regarded as a rip-off of Carrie. You're joking. Actor Michael Talbot appears in both films as a character named Freddy. Right.
1: Maybe Yeah. Maybe he got
0: confused. Uh, he, he might have done because, I mean, when we say rip-off, there's, there's no subtlety in this rip-off whatsoever. No. No, no this this
1: really... I'm, I'm surprised Stephen King didn't <laughs> take them to court. <laughs>
0: Um, Morgan Fairchild's in this. She certainly is. Uh, She said when she signed on to do the part, it was agreed that she would do this shower scene wearing a body stocking. On the day of the shot, it was suggested that I do it nude, it was going to be filmed through a foggy shower door and nobody would see anything. I wasn't too thrilled with the idea, but you don't feel much like arguing at 9pm after a whole day of shooting. You don't want to hold up the show when everyone else wants to go home. Fairchild said she partially, uh... She harshly agreed and performed bare to the waist. But the scene touched off bad feelings amongst the cast and crew. There were visitors on the set. Fumed a veteran costumer who worked on the show. Uh, Gawkers and friends of so-and-so. It was a circus at best. They didn't even have the decency to close the set. People were pulling up chairs, said Morgan Brittany. Uh, who estimated the number of individuals who gathered to watch at around 25. The uh, costume designer said that at one point during the film of the scene a cameraman issued the instructions now press your bodies up against the glass for the boys at ABC. <laughs> Upon hearing that remark the uh, costume designer walked off set. There was no reason at all to do that nude scene. Uh, we all know that what can and what can't be shown on TV. What was finally shown was Fairchild's bare back and a quick flash of a bare front pressed against a uh, foggy shower door. Producer Jay Benson said that Fairchild performed Topplers voluntarily, uh, saying she didn't have to do it. Uh, If she had said no, we would have shot with the body stocking. Uh, Yeah, bullshit. I mean, the the question
1: is, why ask? If it was okay to do it with the body stocking, if you would have had no issues about doing it with the body stocking, Mm -hmm. if Morgan, Morgan Fairchild had turned around and said, no, I don't feel comfortable... Then why even ask? It's not integral to the scene, you know. It's a TV movie, so they're not going to get away with any kind of nudity in that sense. So what was the point? To just be fucking creepers, or yes,
0: that's so, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that sort of treatment is just not. It it just goes to show it's been going on for so many years now, and even on the set of TV movies. Like, come on! This is a fucking TV movie. Yeah, and it's
1: it's. Definitely not the only similar story no. from that time and before and after, and maybe even today. It really is, you know, just shitty, real shitty behaviour, and they get away with it.
0: Yeah. It's good that the costume designer walked off, though. Yeah. Um,
1: but you what, know. you know, what good did that do in the end, well, unfortunately? Yeah. You know? But, uh, again... The question should never have been asked.
0: The scene in general, it, it, it is so pointless that she was... Completely new. pointless.
1: Completely pointless. Because with a body stocking, and, you know, you would still have had the same effect. Mm-hmm. Really. And, you know, it puts a dampener on what is actually... Um, the campus scene in the film. Yeah. You know? And it, it puts a
0: damper on it. Knowing that story, it's like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Uh, Morgan Fairchild initially regretted betraying Jennifer in the film, uh, but later changed her mind when the producer, Chuck Frys, told her uh, that whilst he could have got anyone for the role, it was difficult to find someone who could play a convincing bitch. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, is that a compliment? I mean, and I she does. So she absolutely,
1: yeah. you know, she, she's great at it. Oh, and I follow her on Instagram and she's in absolutely no way a bitch <laughs> in, in real life. She's an absolute queen. She really is, genuinely. I love her Instagram. Uh, do you follow her on Instagram? I think so. Yeah, she's, she's an absolute queen. And, you know, that's what they say, you know, a good actress can play mm-hmm. the complete opposite of who they yeah. are. A uh, body count of two. Yeah, it's a t- TV movie. The horror is pretty light, isn't it? So yeah. So a body count of two doesn't surprise me.
0: And there's not a lot of uh, trivia for that film, but moving on to The Initiation of Sarah, released in 2006, directed by Stuart Gillard, who directed Parade, Shades of Love, Indigo Autumn, Neon Rider, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Ooh. Taking Liberty... The Scream Team, Full Court Miracle, Crimes of Fashion.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we need to watch that. <laughs> whatever, that whatever that is, the title alone has sold it to
0: me. Mega Prana, star in 80s pop sensation Tiffany. Nice. Girl vs. Monster, uh, episodes of Charmed and Jane the Virgin. Well, that doesn't surprise me. And lots more. Uh, again, no budget, and it's made of TV, and sadly, no trivia.
1: No. We've got a little trivia on uh, Crimes of Fashion. Okay. Like
0: to know. Yes.
1: So, Crimes of Fashion, from 2004. Uh, an orphaned, hard-working fashion student, played by Kaylee Cuoco, oh. from um, Big Bang Theory, discovers that she has a mob boss grandfather and inherits the family business um also starring megan fox wow and by the looks of it because that that isn't the most exciting of premises (laughs) um but by the looks of it on imdb it's just them arguing a lot (laughs) and not getting along um, yeah, Brooke, a plain but creative and hard-working student at the top fashion school in the nation, has come a long way from her tough childhood spent going from one foster home to another as an orphan. She has always dreamed of becoming a fashion designer and is thrilled to finally be on her way. Then the grandfather she never knew about passes away, and not only has he left her his estate, but he's also left her in charge of the family business, and he was a mob boss, to one of the top crime syndicates that has been trying to go legit. Also, the handsome new student she's been falling for <laughs> is actually an undercover FBI agent aiming to get dirt on her to bring down the family empire. That sounds fucking awful. That, f- that sounds really, really bad. <laughs> like, re- that sounds really bad. It's got a illustrious 4.7 yeah, of on IMDb. Um, and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> Should we talk about something a little more exciting? Yes, of course. Yeah. One okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm just. I keep looking at Crimes of Fashion. Look, like, <laughs> I don't understand why Megan Fox comes into this, but yeah, cool. We might have to uh, do it if it's if it's particularly bad. You might hear us talk about it on the podcast. Maybe. But let's get into. This week's episode. The the Initiation of Sarah. Not Crimes of Fashion. 1978. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Crimes of Passion would be a great film to do for the podcast. But, Initiation of Sarah, 1978. The film opens with Sarah, played by Kay Lenz, formerly on the podcast. Yeah. The lead in Strip to Kill. Uh, She's a painfully shy young woman. And she has a beautiful sister called Patty. Played by Morgan Brittany. Uh, I'm not sure what she's from. And uh, we start off with him playing on the beach at sunset. Yeah, there's a
0: guy there, isn't there?
1: There is a guy. Patty wanders off to play in the surf with a young man, only for him to try to force himself on her. After a moment, the man recoils, and it's implied that Sarah has used telekinesis to save Patty. Um...
0: He comes over and he's like, oh, I'm freezing. She's like, oh, I'm freezing. He's like, oh, I'll warm you up. And uh, she's like, yeah, and so will a fighter.
1: (laughs) I don't know if it's the quality of the video we were watching, but I couldn't see his face. No. It was quite dark. No. So I I don't know if this is meant to symbolise a man. Obviously, this is the only time we see him. So, it, uh, I don't know if the idea is that this could be any man. Or well, what we do see... Rather than giving him a character.
0: Maybe. I mean, I'd like to think it's going that deep. But what we do see is him being pushed onto his back. We do. Um, what it looks like
1: <laughs> is that Patty has suddenly gained super strength. <laughs> it, it's not given me telekinesis apart from the face pulling from Sarah. Yeah. Um, That's the only thing that really gives it away. Because I just thought, it just kind of looks like Patty just pushed him. Yeah, there's a lot of uh,
0: That's So Raven face pulling in these two films. There is. There very
1: very much is. Um, The film then cuts to the two sisters driving to college. On the way there, Patty and Sarah discuss plans for the two of them to join Alpha, Nu, Sigma. As their mother was a member of the sorority... Sarah points out that she, Sarah, is adopted and that Patty is their mother's only biological child as she was adopted shortly after she was born. Oh, I wonder if that's going to come up in the plot later. Um, when they get there, um, a, a girl, uh, he's already there, I'm assuming an older student, um, <laughs> goes up to them and says, you look really lost. And Patty's like,
0: does it show? She's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it does. I'm so glad. I mean, I you know, obviously very appreciative for our American listeners, but fuck me, I'm glad I don't have to go to uh, college or university there. This, okay. So confusing.
1: This is, I have got a little note here, and I said I do get confused by this whole fraternity and sorority thing. Um, to me um this may or may not be be true but to me it's just a popularity contest it, it looks that it's way it's part of the two films that i didn't couldn't really relate to yeah. cuz here in the uk you just you get thrown together in halls of residence and you you go from there and that's it you know and then after the first year you choose to live with people you know and you you live in a in a, a house um somewhere near the university, whereas in America, this fraternity and sorority thing and seemingly not everyone is joins a fraternity or sorority no. or is allowed to join a fraternity or a sorority um so surely for me it's it's just a popularity contest well, yeah and it it does fascinate me actually mm. it does fascinate me because we've watched so many films based around this idea yeah um what i'm assuming is that if i did my research is that the history is probably steeped in racism
0: yeah most likely i
1: think that's yeah um and i i I don't know but to me that's what it seems like yeah in films it always seems a little iffy and you know the whole idea the premise of these two films is that these sororities are popularity contest yeah it just makes me think of you know that video that went viral not too long ago of the group of girls and they're like hey welcome to whatever um, alpha papa, neutron or or whatever like (laughs) welcome we're so glad to have you here and everyone was like breaking fun of it because it was really cheesy (laughs) it's just that's all i can think of Anyway, once at the campus, the two girls attend a Rush Week party at Alpha Nu Sigma. So Rush Week, I'm assuming, is where everyone tries to get into the sorority that they want to. Yeah. Or or the fraternity. So Patty is instantly welcomed into the sorority's clique, while Sarah is directed to the nearby Pi Epsilon Delta House as they do not view her as a potential candidate. Um, yeah. Pi Epsilon Delta is known by the Alpha Nu Sigma sorority as pigs, elephants, and dogs. Yes. Um, they... (laughs) I don't know if this is a, it. It's made out to be a read, but I'm not sure how much of a read it is when they say it's very old and very intellectual. <laughs> like, oh no! Oh dear! How terrible. Um, so during this Rush Week party at Alpha New Sigma, uh, there's another girl who, oh my god, she's absolutely disgusting, isn't she? She's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> Um, because she's ever so slightly overweight, it's, it's real, she's never going to get in, she's, I don't even know why she's there, she, of course she's never going to get in, because she's like, five pound overweight. Um, she says, if you've got looks and money, you could flunk study hall, and they wouldn't care. <laughs> it is, it is a bit, like, <laughs> obviously this is the point. Yeah. it is, it's like, she's meant to, what, is she meant to be, like, really overweight? It's like, she's Yeah, really it's, not. it's that
0: classic, uh, horror, American horror thing where if you're, like, slightly intelligent or slightly overweight or you don't have big tits and blonde hair, then you're a fucking loser. Yeah. Does she have glasses? I don't even I think she had glasses. I'm not sure. I think
1: she did. She had the cheek to wear glasses as well. How dare she? Um, The sisters both go to the Pi Epsilon Delta house, where they are met with a general lack of enthusiasm (laughs) from almost all of the girls other than Mouse, played by Teaser Farrow, who um, horror fans, Italian horror fans, will know... Previous podcast film. Previous podcast film, uh, the original Zombie Flesh Eaters. Um, she was also in Anthropophagus. Yeah. Maybe um, a
0: future podcast film if we can say it right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> For years I was the like, what, no. How? Um, I mean, that sounds less offensive. I so don't even know if that. they say it in the Anthropophagus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sister of Mia Farrow, isn't she? She is. She's uh, an awkward and shy young woman who is instantly drawn to Sarah. Now, I'm not sure, but I think this film may have a cult following within the LGBTQ community. (laughs) Because it's, to me, obvious from the offset that Mouse has a thing for Sarah. And there's a few moments, and I mean, it's, it's a TV movie from 1978, so trust and believe we ain't gonna get any girl on girl action.
0: Both of these films it's very fitting that we're doing this in the run up to Pride Month because both of these films are super fucking gay. Y-
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this this is more yeah, but not as in like camp gay.
0: I mean yeah they are like they are obviously astutes. they are but what I mean But in there's this some queer sense, coding in both. Yeah,
1: I feel like there's definite, definite queer coding in this. Um Whilst they're there, the house Rottweiler seems to be calmed by Sarah's telekinesis. Uh, Patty tries to make Sarah beautiful by putting her hair up and putting a pair of earrings on her. (laughs) Transformed. Transformed, she was. She looked like a new woman. Uh, Their mother calls, but just for Patty, and tells Patty to only think of herself. (laughs) Uh, She says... Patty, please don't get carried away by pity. Patty says, what's wrong with pity? Uh, Sarah overhears this and runs off to angrily take her makeup off and smash <laughs> the mirror with her telekinesis. Very similar to another film, oh, Don't Know What. Mm, yeah, what film does uh, a telekinetic, shy young woman run away <laughs> and smash a mirror with her telekinesis? Mm. I'll 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 keep you uh, updated on that one when we find out. Uh, After Rush Week is over, Patty is overjoyed to get into Alpha New Sigma, but is somewhat hurt when she discovers that not only did Sarah not get in, but that uh, Alpha New Sigma president, Jennifer Lawrence, (laughs) played by Morgan Fairchild. Now, I always knew Morgan Fairchild was a queen. But I think these two films have made me stand her even more.
0: I mean, I'm I'm sure for me her silver shirt alone did that. Yeah, it was that coiffed hair.
1: It's that coiffed blonde hair. So Morgan Fairchild, I I assume to most audiences would most be most remembered as playing Chandler's mother in Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was also in Falcon Crest, the, the sort of soap opera. And she's been in a few things. Phantom of the Mall, she was in yeah. randomly. Um, yeah. A, a true beauty. Um, and a, a real queen. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, she plays. <laughs> Not Oscar winner Jennifer Lawrence. This was very much before that Jennifer Lawrence was born. She's definitely named after her. I would, I would hope so. Um... She insists that Patty not speak to Sarah as she was accepted into Pi Epsilon Delta. This causes friction between the two sisters as Sarah is frustrated at Patty's reluctant willingness to follow Jennifer's orders. What'd she do? Well, she... Um, Jennifer makes Patty repeat. Uh, I will uphold the high standard of Alpha Nu Sigma. I will not eat while walking in public. And I will not associate with pigs, elephants and dogs anywhere. (laughs)
0: Um, um, But aside from that, uh, Sarah tries to drop a piano on Patty. She does, yes, yeah. (laughs) Um, Bit extreme.
1: Yeah, so Sarah does an awkward run and cry after Patty's forced to recite those words. A weird run, isn't it? It it's is. a very weird one. Um, and it turns out that uh, she's not just the women at the college that are shitty. Sarah also has to st- uh, deal with dickhead men, too. Yeah. When she walks under... Is it a bridge or something? I, I don't know what it is. Um, but they're hoisting up this piano. And uh, one of the guys says, "Hi, pretty lady," to which his friend reminds him, uh, "You only gave her a four, remember?" <laughs> did
0: you catch <laughs> I that? I did, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Sarah almost makes the piano fall on Patty's head, um, but she changes her mind at the last second and saves Patty. In um, very dramatic effect. I'm assuming because it's a TV movie, but we didn't watch it with adverts, I'm assuming this is the moment you would cut to an ad break. Yeah. At this cliffhanger of the piano that may or may not fall <laughs> on Patty's head. Um, as the semester progresses, Sarah begins to strike up a relationship of sorts with Paul, a teaching assistant for her psychology classes. Um, which, is that allowed? Um <laughs> And she also becomes somewhat closer to Mouse. Uh, Mouse plays the violin day and night, she does. much to the other sorority sisters' annoyance. <laughs> but Sarah seems to enjoy it. Bet <laughs> <laughs> <There> she does. <laughs> she loves the strings, like a... Yeah, but she loves the fiddle. <laughs> Unfortunately, as this is a TV movie from 1978, they won't start making out at any no. point. Um. She's... Sarah's unnerved by (coughs) Pi Epsilon Delta Denmover, Mrs. Hunter. uh, Played by legendary actress Shelley Winters. And there was a thing during the 70s where real respectable um, Hollywood actresses from... 30s 40s 50s um would do television movies i mean betty davis pretty much did only um tv movies during the 70s yeah um and Shelley winters is obviously no um um yeah what's the word i'm looking for well she's she's in keeping with that Yes. Yeah. there's a word i'm looking for can't find it um, but yeah, she's fucking chewing up the scenery in this film she is she um, she
0: gives the biggest lesbian energy I've ever she else does in the film. she actually
1: does she gives the biggest lesbian energy. Shelley winters has never been accused of half arsing anything in her life,
0: <laughs> including and her she,
1: singing. She's not gonna start now her singing,
0: oh, of course, no wonder uh Sarah's a nerd, like <laughs> she's there, she's like,. <laughs> She's like singing a Gaga impression. (laughs) Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) Love for sale. It's not far from it. Uh, You're not gonna do it. No. (laughs) Everyone knows what it is. Uh, Mrs. Hunter recognizes that Sarah has special powers and insists that she use them to lead Pi Epsilon Delta to glory against the Alpha Nu Sigma. Uh, Mrs. Hunter has a secret locked door and a cheap witch. <laughs> yes, yeah, she does. And I have put here, Shelley Winters will always give you a full performance, no matter what. Um, it also seems like Mrs. Hunter wants a bit of Sarah too. Yeah. Uh, she questions Sarah about her real parents and shows her a photo of herself when she was voted the sweetheart of Sarah's adopted father's fraternity. So there's a bit of history there. Um, What's used is an old photo of Shelley Winters, and she looks absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Shelley Winters, more than any kind of actress, in my mind, um, is most remembered as older. Yeah. Um, Even though she had great success throughout the whole of her career, when people think Shelley Winters, they think, beside an adventure, they think... You know a a large older woman um chewing up the scenery um whereas you know it's nice to see this photo of her younger when she was you know i i suppose a glamour girl, yeah you know one of the the glamorous young ladies of hollywood um and it's it's nice because she's you know uh, i say. Chewing up the scenery, and I mean that with all due respect, because she's a fabulous actress. Mm-hmm. You know, two-time Oscar winner, many-time nominated yeah. actress. She's a fantastic actress, and it's you know it's nice to see her being able to work later in her career. You know, and if it had to be TV movies, then it, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know everyone to Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's nice to see see her working. So, Patty continually tries to find ways to talk to Sarah, but is repeatedly unsuccessful. In not a bizarre series of events, um, in quite a camp series of events, Patty's first attempt is thwarted by Jennifer making her get coffee. Mouse <laughs> asks Sarah if she wants to grab a coffee, to which Sarah starts shouting, the whole world wants a coffee. <laughs> Paul then asks Sarah to grab a coffee too, but she changes her mind and runs after Mouse because Mouse has been upset by Sarah shouting at her. Uh, but Mouse is far too upset and uh, almost, and actually does actually get hit by a car. She does. She's, she's, she's in her own head. She's like, oh, shit. You know, she, she's not a lesbian. I'm really embarrassed and sad now. She doesn't, she doesn't want to grab coffee. She didn't get what I meant by grabbing coffee. Um, and she runs off. Um, luckily, she only hurts her arm, though. She does. And her arm's in it. Like, and also not for very long in terms of the film. No, <laughs> she's, she's not badly hurt. Uh, Sarah scolds the sisters for them being so down on themselves and, in turn, each other. Uh, they agree to be a proper sorority and take part in Hell Week. Sarah tries to tell Paul about her abilities, but he's dismissive and just wants to take her to dinner. Uh, Jennifer's taunting ultimately leads Sarah to use her powers to push Jennifer into a <laughs> fountain. That's a camp series of
0: events. It is such a camp scene. It's so great. And then when she gets out after and they just stare at each other. It is, I mean, it's not quite as camp as the remakes version of this no. scene. Uh, I don't think anything on the planet is like that That scene. Uh, but this is, is great. Sarah tells Jennifer about herself. She does.
1: And how she puts herself and her beauty above all else, and I ain't gonna lie. she's just fallen in a fountain, but Morgan Fairchild <laughs> is still yep. serving she's serving face, she's serving wetlock hair yeah i'm 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 not mad at it um she she's always serving an outfit for the whole she of the is. film. her makeup is still intact miraculously um and she's she, she she looks better wet. Yeah. <laughs> she looks great. Uh, Mouse enters Mrs. Hunter's locked room and it turns out it's a kind of chapel where the Rottweiler is guarding an altar of sorts. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Hunter sees her and she doesn't seem too pleased. Sarah tells Paul about her powers yet again and uh, for some reason he's more susceptive this time uh, but he's also suspicious of Mrs. Hunter. He does some research and finds that Mrs. Hunter may have been responsible for a girl's suicide back in the day. Mm -hmm. when she was in the sorority herself. Apparently, Jennifer's mother was Mrs. Hunter's accuser when she sort of got accused of being responsible. Uh, And this could go some way to explain the feud between Alpha Nu Sigma and, and Pi Epsilon Delta. Uh, Jennifer asks Scott, played by Robert Hayes, two years before Airplane. Yeah. Um, To do her a favour while she flirts with him as he lifts weights in the middle of a basketball <laughs> court. This, I feel more than any scene, is a complete rip-off of Carrie. Yeah. You know, the young blonde girl asking... I wouldn't
0: pull that card just yet, though. There's a scene coming up that is even more. But
1: I I feel like this one, m- more than the others, is like you've literally taken it sh- yeah. from oh, yeah. the film. Yeah. Like, it's... who Whoever this Scott guy, completely out of nowhere... Yeah. Like, it's not really in tape. What actually happens to Sarah... Has no, like, why is he even in the film? Yeah. There is no point. Uh, I, I, just to have this Chris rip-off from Carrie yeah. and to have a, a boyfriend to play off of and to do the whole flirting thing. Oh, please do me a favour mm-hmm. and I'll put out tonight. Um. Why, why is he lifting weights in the middle of a basketball court? Like, it's not <laughs> a gym. That like he's had to, like move these weights Mm -hmm. to the middle of the basketball court, and I'm assuming have to move it back afterwards. Yeah. There's nothing like... Why is he doing this in the middle of the room? Anyway. Although Sarah begins to open up to the idea of her powers, she does not fully embrace them until Jennifer orchestrates a cruel prank against her, where she is pelted with rotten food, eggs, and mud. While the prank is successful in humiliating Sarah, it finally pushes Patty to leave Jennifer's sorority. Um, yeah. So essentially, what I don't really understand what the setup is. So I don't think Scott's asking her out on a date. Didn't Scott invite her to a party or something? Um, yeah. He like calls up and says, "Oh, uh, is it a surprise party?" For oh, it's a one? it's a surprise
0: party for Paul. For Paul,
1: yeah. oh yeah, so it's a surprise party for Paul, um, and so she gets all dressed up. She does a whole downstairs thing, you know, and all the girls are like, "Oh my God, you've never looked more beautiful, stunning. You were such a dog before, and now you, <laughs> now finally, you look like a real woman. Oh, even Mouse, is like, you know, even though it's a um, for Paul." Even she's like, yeah, you look good. You look good, girl. You look great. Um, She takes one step out the door, and all the um, Alpha Nu Sigma girls start throwing shit at her. Mm -hmm. Um, Jennifer says, "Look at Miss America. Come on, honey." Uh, yeah, this
0: is the scene I was on about. This is the scene. Come it's, on. it's right
1: on the doorstep as well. What I don't understand, I'm getting this out of the way first. What I don't understand is she literally takes a step out. <laughs> She's They start... Fro- like, one thing's thrown at her. And then she sort of has, like, a meltdown. And like, standing there. Like, oh, no. And then they continue to throw stuff at yeah. her. And it's like, the door is literally right behind you. Just go back inside. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Um, but she doesn't, and instead of blood, like Carrie, she's caked
0: in mud. Uh, it's rotten food, eggs, and mud.
1: Yeah, but it just looks like mud. Yeah. So it just, but she, it's, yeah, it's exactly the same. She looks like Carrie but after the prom, Yeah. doesn't she?
0: It's, yeah, this is it, a direct report. off Yeah, because even the music in the scene, everything about it...
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, the music as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I put here, seriously, Stephen King needs to contact someone (laughs) to get this taken out of circulation. Uh, Mrs. Hunter persuades Sarah to enact revenge as she washes her in the bath. (laughs) Doesn't she? She's got a towel on. Sarah has a towel on. Um, I put here, Shelley Winters wearing rubber gloves, cleaning <laughs> K-Lens with a car sponge is high camp. <laughs> Shelley Winters hamming it up as Mrs Hunter as she rouses up Sarah's anger is high camp. Yeah. Jennifer and Patty arguing whilst Jennifer is nude and about to get in the shower is high camp. <laughs> Sarah telekinetically trapping Patty and Jennifer in the shower as the water <laughs> turns scalding hot is high camp. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, such a rip the whole bath scene. Um, I didn't think Carrie's telekinesis worked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like across real the distance, yeah. <laughs> Um, but in you know, there's one thing, it differs. Um, what a ridiculous scene. It's a it's a shame that, you know, Morgan Fairchild felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it it's it's high camp and ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Um and it is a standout scene where um you get in the faces from Sarah and uh just just because she shot from behind mm. Morgan Fairchild and just the idea of them having Uh, A slanging match. Whilst one of them... She's just like, I don't care. She's just like, I am going to stand it naked. And I'm going to tell you exactly about yourself. I'm going to tell you why you're a bitch. (laughs) Um, Sarah rebuffs Paul's attempts to persuade her that Mrs Hunter is evil. And that she should leave the sorority. Ultimately deciding to hold an initiation ceremony with Mrs Hunter. Um... On the night of the ceremony, Sarah and the other Pi Epsilon Delta eagerly follow Mrs. Hunter's lead. Sarah notes that Mouse is not at the ceremony, but is pacified by Mrs. Hunter's assurances that Mouse will show up at the final portion of the night's events. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the sisters are wearing cloaks and Mrs. Hunter is spouting some crap about symbols and candles, etc. Um... There's a few films based around sororities. I'm thinking Black Christmas Remake mm-hmm. that have the cloaks and the ceremonies. Yeah. And so, is that a real thing? It happens so much you'd think it's I a real think thing. it. I think it might be.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's weird if it is. Um, but, you know. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. I don't wish do.
1: to be rude about, you know, um, anyone from America listening but it's it's weird it's a straight it's, it's something that we really can't relate to here. no not that, at all oh, dude, it's whereas here you would just i mean if you wanted to be initiated to anything you'd down a few pints of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> you'd go on a bar crawl wouldn't you and you have a list yeah. of you have to drink one shot of tequila at this bar um yeah that's pretty much how it happens at uni here.
0: We lead a very sad life here in the uk i
1: suppose, I, I suppose <laughs> I suppose that's what happens when you drink in ages twenty one so you can't yeah. go <laughs> um as the group is led through the ceremony, the alpha new Sigma are also going through their own initiation rites. At Mrs Hunter's prompting Sarah uses her powers to disrupt the ceremony for an interruption causing the wind to blow <laughs> the alpha <laughs> new sigma dresses and cause Jennifer's face to permanently warp into a horrific visage. <laughs> um yeah this looks so cheap. It it re- it looks really cheap. It does. Um Shelley Winters is hamming it. Yeah up. She is at the height of her powers. She's shouting, use them! <laughs> it's given me total eclipse of the heart music yeah. video. Uh, Jennifer's skin looks like an unwashed potato. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, do you think it would have been better with Farmyard Animals? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. We'll keep the wind. Okay. And obviously keep Shelly Winters. Sh- um but yeah, the end the the unwashed potato is not a good look. Um however though, when Sarah discovers that the pi epsilon delta ceremony will end with mouse getting sacrificed, she uses her powers to stop the ceremony but ends up burning herself and Mrs Hunter alive. Yeah. The film ends with Patty deciding to join Pi Epsilon Delta at Mouse's insistence and the two sorrowfully gaze at a picture of Patty and Sarah <laughs> in much happier times. And that is yeah. the initiation of Sarah nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Um it's Camp.
0: It's yeah. it's Camp. It's it's a lot of fun. It's far from perfect and it no. shamelessly rips off Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just need to watch something that's just a lot of camp entertainment and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but,
1: everyone looks great. <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone, at least at one point in the whole film, everyone serves a look. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, I, I I know I keep saying it but it, it is camp it's it's bitchy women it's so uh-huh. Uh it's got a bit of horror in there a little smidge of it yeah it's got the touch of the supernaturals um highly entertaining but y- you know it, it is what it is <laughs> it's entertaining but it's it's not high art
0: <laughs> and for more of the same <laughs> yes yes. Two thousand six. The initiation. of Sarah starts with a ritual taking place with a really bad actress strapped to a table, while someone talks shit about eternal flames. Someone tries to stab the bangles her. Bangles are there. I know. Yeah. Someone tries to stab her, but something stops them, and she says, "She's not the one." <laughs> the girl is left strapped to the table, and everyone leaves.
1: Yeah. So that's it's a it's a start. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone looks very 2006.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, the twin sisters Sarah, played by Mika Borum, and Lindsay, played by Summer Glau, look absolutely nothing alike and are excited to attend Temple Hill University, where they will likely join Alpha Nu as their mother, Trina Goodwin, played by none other than Morgan Fairchild.
1: Yes. She hasn't aged a day.
0: Oh, she has a previous member. Um, yeah, as she's driving them into the university, she starts reading everyone's filth. She's like, dumb but rich, dumb but loose, dumb but rich but always popular. And then when she pulls up to PED, she's like, oh yes, I thought I smelled something unpleasant.
1: <laughs> this is post Mean Girls, isn't it? Yeah. Of course this is post Mean Girls. <laughs> this is Morgan Fairchild's doing the introduction. She is. She's doing the Mean Girls. Oh, popular, (laughs) not popular, the best people you'll ever find. She's Janice Ian.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's absolutely servant straight away. You know.
1: She she hasn't aged. No. She's not aged today. No. She's still as beautiful as she was in 1978, almost 30
0: years previous. Sarah makes friends with Vita, played by Amber Brook. And name drops her mum to shut the bullies up. She does, yes. Amber Brooke um, giving Lisa Loeb energy.
1: She's giving Lisa Loeb energy. She Provides def- the
0: soundtrack for the film. She does. She's the
1: alternative girl in 2006. Yeah. So she's given me Ashley Simpson, <laughs> Avril Levine. Oh no, wait, Sarah's given Avril Levine. Yeah, she is. Yeah.
0: Uh, Sarah finds herself immediately drawn to Finn, a student advisor that invites them both to Pai, Eppelson, Delta's Rush Week party. At the party, the sisters are introduced to the alpha new president, Corrine, played by Joanna Garcia, uh, the girl who was doing the ritual at the start of the film, and Corrine's vice president, Esme, played by none other than... Tessa Thompson. Yes. Second remake we've discussed is Tessa Thompson. It? What was the first? When a Stranger Calls. Oh yeah, I <laughs> keep forgetting about that film. Thank God. Uh, Sarah. Tessa Thompson English. She is ah. yeah. Uh, Sarah ends up leaving the party in tears after accidentally spilling the drink on Corrine. Corrine thinks Sarah is who they need for their ritual.
1: Yeah, so it's not really... It's kind of accidentally, but she doesn't actually touch it. It just sort of smashes in her hand, uh, doesn't it? Yes. Lindsay follows Sarah and accidentally breaks her ankle. Oh, just one one line of dialogue, excuse me, um, from that scene. is that uh, Tessa Thompson's character says, Oh, yes, I've heard of your mother. And uh, she paid for our kitchen. (laughs) To which Sarah replies, actually, her fourth husband paid for your kitchen. (laughs) Yes, Queen Morgan Fairchild. (laughs) Using and abusing those men for a bit of money. Real housewife of... uh, Oh, this is
0: absolutely real
1: housewife. (laughs) She's giving real housewife energy.
0: Definitely. Uh, Lindsay follows Sarah and accidentally breaks her ankle. We see something come up from the ground and grab her. Uh they're brought into the Pi Epsilon Douta House. Epsilon. Epsilon. Where Doctor Eugenia Hunter introduces herself as a friend of their mother. Now this is the role played by Shelley Winters in the original. There's even more of a queen in the role this time around, Jennifer mm. Tilly.
1: I will agree with you on that one. Equally, maybe. Equally. I mean, they know equal how to cast queens. this role. Yeah, equal queens. Um, and she's a doctor. She's an intelligent queen as well. She Yeah. Jennifer Tilly. I, I don't think we need to introduce her. No. Do we? No. If you've listened to any of our many podcast episodes, isn't it? She's it's Two. Is it two? Bound and uh, Bride Chucky. Oh, well, it needs to be more, clearly. Um, yeah.
0: Legend. Queen. Yeah. No more to say. The sisters are surprised to find that Lindsay's ankle has been healed. The following day, Corrine ingratiates herself to Lindsay during a meeting at Alpha Nu, during which time Corrine takes the opportunity to take an eyelash off of Lindsay and pocket it.
1: Yeah, she doesn't even ask her to make a
0: wish. Which I didn't think was a thing. Sarah is approached by Dr. Hunter, uh, who tells Sarah that they both possess magical powers. Hey, Sarah, we both have magical powers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so just to make it clear, there's not telekinesis in this one. It's witchcraft.
0: Yeah, and also, by the way, uh, she outs her as a witch in front of this entire class.
1: No, the whole idea is that she's made the class. Yeah, she starts that after. No, she's done the whole
0: Bernard Watch thing. Yeah, but I thought she did that after. She was like, isn't She that does right it Sarah? twice. She does it twice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this unnerves Sarah, especially after Dr. Hunter later tells her uh, uh, that Pi, Epsilon, Deltas and the Alpha News are mortal enemies locked in a fight of good against evil. And that Sarah is the one, a person who could disrupt the balance. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, just to be clear, this film uh, was released after Mean Girls. Also after Charmed yeah. was very popular. Or well, from the
0: same director. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah.
1: so Charmed finished in 2006, so the director would have yeah done his Charmed episodes before this point. But yeah, just, just to make it very clear where the influences lie on this one.
0: Corrine tries to seduce Finn and Sarah catch them in the act. Dr. Hunter, after this, walks past Corrine and her gang and says... Ladies, oh that's right, it's trash day. Give me a moment to drag those cans out to the curb.
1: <laughs> did you not realise it's not Corrine? That is Corrine. No, no, um Doctor Hunter made herself look like Corrine. Oh, okay. And then did a whole like big reveal like
0: Oh, I missed it. I miss Sabrina the, the
1: Teenage Witch reveal afterwards. <laughs> so what she's trying to do is make Sarah Yeah a- against
0: Corrine um, I mean th- she doesn't really need to try hard for that Corrine's the bitchy character <laughs> it's pretty much set in stone <laughs> she's
1: not I mean she's not bitchy really towards Sarah is no. she at this point so she, this is Dr Hunter trying to make them fall out so Sarah doesn't join the
0: alpha ones well thank God she does because it leads to this bizarre series of events one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history Sarah tries talking to Lindsay about Kareem, but she isn't having it. She spots Kareem, who does the camplet a wave to her. We zoom up to her eyes, like she's Raven Simone. <laughs> and she uses her magical powers to I shit you not send Kareem flying for five seconds, doing flips in the process before falling into some mud. I just put it
1: fucking hell, She went CGI flying. <laughs> Do you know what this this was? What Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, Hat Woman. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what this was.
1: was. Falling out that window, except for this was horizontally. Yeah. Whereas Sharon Stone was vertically. <laughs> That's exactly what this is given.
0: <laughs> amazing, like absolutely amazing. Um, it's it's yeah. High camp and yeah. ridiculousness. <laughs>
1: um
0: Sarah <laughs> but because it looks really shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah is further warned that as the one, the Alpha Nu wants to sacrifice her to the eternal flame with the knife of truth in exchange for immortality. <laughs> Why didn't they just... I didn't realise it was called Eternal Flame. Why didn't they use Eternal Flame in this? I mean, they had the uh, budget for T-Rex. They could have uh, easily used Eternal Flame. Uh, Sarah tries to approach her sister with this, who angrily tells her that Sarah has always been the focus of attention as opposed to Lindsay herself. And Lindsay leaves in tears.
1: She does, and it's true.
0: Uh, after Esme informs her of the fight, Corrine uh, uses this to persuade Lindsay into joining the sorority in return for beauty and a chance to outshine her sister, an offer Lindsay eagerly accepts.
1: Yeah. Um, it's this where they... Should... they should... A, a big part of her character is that her boobs aren't big enough.
0: We'll get that shortly.
1: Is this not a bit where in it's... the mirror... She said, this is what oh you, maybe. This is what you could look like. I think it was actually. And she looks like, yeah. like Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. And one big thing is that the breasts are bigger. So like, this is what yeah. you could look like.
0: Um things grow more tense after Lindsay is forced to stay in the Pi Epsilon Delta following a fire. Um might I add, a fire that Sarah tries putting out with coffee. <laughs> with a coffee pot. And it's a, it's a big
1: fight Like part, like The lamp's set on fire The bed is on fire The bin is on fire And she literally just throws the coffee pot. And
0: thinks it's going to do something And uh, after making up with Finn Sarah discovers that Trina Goodwin Is not her true mother And that Trina actually killed their birth mother After a failed ritual
1: Yeah is this 18
0: Um, years ago. 18 years ago. So the 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 first part was set in
1: 1988. (laughs) Yeah, they all looked exactly the same as they did in 2006. Is this after... um, I've written down this dialogue, but I can't really piece where it was. When uh, Jennifer Tilly turns around and says, if you're a goat or a virgin, I'd stay away from that side of campus altogether. (laughs) (laughs) Um, t- did you know who does a, a good job in this film? Um th- didn't need a good job. Jennifer Tessa Tilly. Thompson, oh. uh, Jennifer Tilly obviously <laughs> well, of course. Jennifer Tilly, that's a given. Uh but Tessa Thompson, when she's like lighting those matches and like flicking them, she actually acts like, "Oh, okay. You know, this is this doesn't look really stupid and awkward. <laughs> what was going on inside the bedroom does but Tessa Thompson was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> she might have a future." This Tessa
0: Thompson. <laughs> um, Trina shows up and destroys Corrine's pearl necklace. She does. Gives him a little talking to. You, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> the alpha news had believed to uh, to be the one, as in Sarah, uh, which had been proven to be false after the knife of truth refused to cut her. Uh, No, Sarah's mother, should I say, uh, as it will only cut the flesh of the one. Sarah also learns that the alpha noos are willing to kill her if they can't have her, uh, which prompts her to try to rescue her sister from their clutches. She initially seems to be successful as Lindsay appears to want to leave the group, but this is soon revealed to be a trap to capture Sarah and force her to sacrifice herself willingly. However, everyone is shocked when a struggle reveals that the true one is actually Lindsay rather than Sarah, dun, dun, dun. as the true knife of truth ends up nicking her throat.
1: What point have I missed something? At what point do we get the goodbye,
0: Kyle? I think we may have had that already. I forgot to write down. <laughs> Who was it about? I think it was so like goodbye, Sarah. Goodbye,
1: Sarah. <laughs> I just, so a little behind the scenes for you at the podcast is that obviously when I go through a film, I have to make lots of notes, but once I've done it for one film, I can't be asked with the second one, because Gary's doing the, the notes. Well, that's the original versus remake, isn't it? Original so. versus remake, of course. So I just write random stuff down and try to remember what part <laughs> <they laughs> ends up in the film and all I've got written remember is, goodbye, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> And luckily we're in the middle of sorority row, so good luck with the virgin part. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. Um, Excuse me. The so find that the knife can cut through anything if it has the blood of the one on it. Uh, Corrine immediately imprisons Lindsay in preparation for her initiation into the sorority and kills Trina Goodwin as she is no longer of any use to Corrine.
1: Yeah, um... Morgan Fairchild she's not in the film too much, no. um but she's given me supernatural falcon crest, yeah, um she has an interesting scream. she does have an interesting scream um do you know why it's interesting because it's not hers it's clearly from someone with all due respect, much younger yeah than Morgan fairchild it's not she has a distinctive voice and it's definitely not her scream as she's killed. <laughs> I'm confused. If, Sa- if if Sarah is the one and Morgan Fairchild raised her to be sacrificed, why have they gone to all this effort to get her to pledge? Yeah. And if they believed that Sarah was the one and it turns out she's not, then aren't they really fortunate that they didn't just kill Lindsay when she was <laughs> <Yeah>. born? <laughs> it is Lindsay, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, would they not... I mean, they're not shy of killing people. Then why do they not just kill Lindsay when she was born and say, this is Sarah, she's the one. Or kill well, Lindsay. Lindsay's the one. Yeah, yeah. But, but they thought Sarah was yeah, the one yeah. Yeah. for all this time. Mm-hmm. So they've gone to all this effort. I did, the, it, And it's a plot hole, I think, really. It's crappy writing. Because there's nothing to tell us why... They've had to wait for them because they've been raised by Morgan Fairchild for this moment. Why does it have to be this moment? Why could they not have sacrificed her when she was ten or five mm-hmm. or you know? Um, that's a bit I'm like, oh, you know, it's... because obviously they're like, oh, here's the big twist because it's two thousand six. Everyone has to have a big twist. Um, And it's like, oh, that twist doesn't make any sense. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much just that this film could have the surrounding that it does. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, Sarah escapes with Finn and the two end up having sex in order to keep him from being sacrificed in a ceremony where the alpha news will throw virgins into their eternal flame to keep it burning.
1: I can't. Every time you say eternal flame.
0: (laughs) Sarah and Lindsay are both initiated into their respective houses and Lindsay is horrified when she discovers that the alpha news are intent on sacrificing her. When the doubters cast a shielding spell to trap the most uh, of the uh, alpha news inside the house, Sarah manages to successfully rescue her sister after saying, nobody picks on my sister and gets away with it. Yeah. Uh, she almost dies in the process. One... Th- did you get the bit where Lindsay... Yes, I, I did. Um, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, there's a struggle that um, eventually ends with poor Kareem being pushed into the eternal flame. Before that...
1: <laughs> they close their eyes, give each other their hands, The darling. Yes. Uh, they feel their hearts beating. They wonder if... The others feel the same. Um, no, before that, there's a struggle between Sarah and Corinne. Um, Lindsay finally gets a bit about herself, don't she? Yeah. She finally perks up and uh, she goes to stab Corinne with the knife. Corinne turns round and says, Too bad that knife won't do you any good. <laughs> Not unless you have your own blood dripping from it. The big one would you tell her that? It's like naturally. She stabs she cuts herself and then stabs she her. She cuts herself like ever so slightly, like on the hand, cuts herself and then stabs her. It's like, why would you tell her your your weakness? Like why would you do that? I think it's the screenwriter, it's like Oh, we need to stab her. Does she know by this point? (laughs) No. Uh, Let's get Corinne to tell her. (laughs) But why wouldn't Sarah just, you know, say it? Yeah. Like, oh, Lindsay, it needs your blood first. But no, she's just... (laughs) You can't kill me unless you do this very specific thing.
0: (laughs) After uh, they return to the Pi Epsilon Doubter House... Doctor Hunter uses Lindsay's inner power to heal her, and returns the knife of truth to its resting place, while Sarah leads the doubters into the night to find and destroy the remaining Alpha News. Whilst Children of the Revolution by T Rex plays. Yes. <laughs> How did they get the fucking rights for that? For this? Did they just ABC... assume no one will ever watch it? I suppose
1: so? it's ABC. I mean, it's not. I mean. It's one of the big sort of networks. Mm-hmm. It'd be like ITV
0: here. Yeah, I suppose. Um,
1: yeah.
0: The film ends with a voiceover from Esme saying, that's the trouble with fire. You never know when it's going to flare up again. As she walks off into the distance with the remains of the eternal flame in a small cauldron. Oh, can't wait for this. Oh, wait, there wasn't <laughs> a sequel. I, I, Tessa Thompson certainly wouldn't be returning if there no. was.
1: Well, they might. you know. If we put it
0: forward, she might do it. Uh, that is the remake of The Initiation of Sahara. That is. An absolute camp all time. Uh, I'd say it's probably even more camp than the original. This is just ridiculous. Absolutely virgin and ridiculous throughout the entire film. If somebody said to
1: me, picture a film in 2006 about witchcraft and sororities this is exactly what i would have in mind yeah Yeah. the outfits the acting the cgi (laughs) all of it the very mild sexual innuendos yeah (laughs) uh this is this is exactly what i would uh, as i would picture it it wears its influences on its sleeves
0: very heavily It, it definitely does Uh, Getting into our awards categories, Mm -hmm. we have Cinematography, Scares, Camp Value for this one, and Soundtrack. 1978, it looks good for a TV movie. I mean, it's a TV movie. Yeah, from what I've (laughs)
1: seen, that's pretty much what a TV movie looked like in 1978. I'm, I'm thinking Home for the Holidays.
0: Yeah. Sally Field one. Look what's happened to Rosemary's baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They all kind of looked like yeah. that. And the kind of very similar production values. Yeah. So it, it's very clearly a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks good. It looks fine. Yeah. Know? I've got no issues with it.
0: It's not scary. <laughs> not scary, no. <laughs> No. It's just a cheap imitation of Carrie. It's Yeah, it's barely horror. It,
1: yeah. it is barely horror. It's it's more of a college bully story. And then yeah. at the end it goes kablamo. I
0: mean, it feels like a soap opera. Um, it's very
1: soap opera. It,
0: you know, Camp Value, oh it, it is campus tits. Um, very, very. The soundtrack uh, just... Constantly sounds like it's going to launch into the Carrie soundtrack. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> definitely, I agree with you on that one. Uh,
0: 2006 looks like a, a an early 2000s Disney Channel original movie. It's
1: ABC Family, which I think yeah. is within the same sort of realm as the
0: Disney yeah, Channel. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Uh, Again, not scary in the slightest.
1: Um, Oh, you're not going to mention that CGI?
0: Well, yeah, the CGI (laughs) is pretty fucking rough. Um, rough. That's scary. Even for 2006, it's (laughs) rough. Um, The camp value is through the roof. And uh, the soundtrack is uh, mostly by the Amber Brook band. Uh, (laughs) Props to Amber Brook. Amber Brook, the more affordable alternative to Lindsay Lohan.
1: Yes, and it's definitely the kind of music where uh, you can imagine Ashley Simpson singing it about "Don't put me in a box." Yes, I'm my own person. Well, her
0: album's called "Don't Label Me." There we
1: go. <laughs> um, my parents don't understand why I paint my nails black. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yes. I mean, kind of just I. I'd say it's a tie between both. I mean,
1: it's a difficult one because there's pluses and minuses for either. Yeah. And I, I do. I probably would, you know, tie them because two thousand six has a better soundtrack. Yeah. Um, whereas I think the cinematography is better in the original. Mm-hmm. Neither are scary. Both no. are very camp. You know, so it's difficult. I'd say a tie. Yeah? Yeah. We're we'll allowed to do that. It's our, f- okay. it's our podcast. Okay. It's a
0: tie. It's it's a tie. Getting into the characters, we have Sarah Goodwin, played by Kate Lenz in 1978, and Mika Borum in 2006. I mean, Kate Lenz is just doing a Sissy Spacek impression. She, she really is. She really is. Can't blame a girl for trying. You can't, but, you know...
1: Sissy Spacek is probably my favourite actress of all time, yeah. so you need to put some respect on that um, and try and do your own thing. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, but she com- isn't terrible. Uh, Mika, she isn't, she M- isn't.
0: Mika Borum uh, is just given that classic 2016 in a uh, TV movie. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan again, Style Energy.
1: Yeah, she was... It, was, it took me ages to realise who she reminded me of, uh, Jamie Lynn Spears in, like, Zoe 101. Yeah. Um, boo, boo, Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, but that's what it was giving me. It was very Nickelodeon, yeah. original TV series sort of acting, which is fine. I mean, it, it it fit perfectly for what the film was. Yeah. So I wouldn't turn around and say either of them were terrible. No. Really. Um... Personally I would probably give it to Mika. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean there's really not much in it, so
1: uh, I suppose I... she had a little more to do. Yeah. Um she had to be a little saucy she at did. one point. She did. So props to
0: her. Uh yeah, we can give it to Mika yeah, Borum. Uh Patty. In 1978, played by Morgan Brittany. And Lindsay, played by Summer Glau in 2006. Again, this is another case where I feel like Lindsay had more to do um, than Patty. I mean, Patty was just... Patty was likeable. You know, she never wanted to go against Sarah and everything. Because that was nice. Um, But Lindsay is unlikable and really annoying. Um, And, you know, she becomes all sexy and bitchy. (laughs) She gets a camp new walk but she, she you know do, she does she,
1: does. she <laughs> wears the quintessential 2006 layers yeah of like like three layers that like could progressively smaller until she's got like a tiny little yes. cardigan yeah. she's she's got a skirt that's not really the right length it looks weird <laughs> Um, yeah, she, she serves a very mild look at the end. She does. When, but she's more, she is more memorable. Yeah. There's more of an emphasis on her character being held back by Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, and more of her sort of being resentful. Yeah. Whereas I found with the original, she's just kind of there to push the plot along. Yeah, Absolutely. She's more of a prop than a character, really. Yeah.
0: So, Summer Glau. Yes. That's the winner. Um. Oh, don't make me choose. Next up, it is a very difficult one. Uh, we have Mrs. Hunter, played by Shelley Winters in 1978. And Dr. Hunter, played by Jennifer Tilly in 2006. I mean... Yeah, this is impossible to choose between these two. They're both here giving big lesbian energy. um, You know, high camp. Uh, Yeah,
1: it's... It's a different... and It's a very different type of camp energy from both. Like, Shelley Winters, like I've said, is, you know, balls to the wall, loud, brassy, over the top. Which perfectly suits the character as she is in the original whereas Jennifer Tilly is more subtle mm-hmm. but she's got her bitchy one-liners she she's given off that energy that only Jennifer Tilly can yes. give off yeah um and it's more in keeping with the character in the remake because they're two very different characters mm-hmm. really um one of them's the the bad guy and the other one is part of the good yeah. guys team You know, so I I refuse to choose. It's going to be a tie. It's a tie.
0: (laughs) Uh, Finally, we have Jennifer Lawrence, played by Morgan Fairchild in 1978, and Corrine, played by Joanna Garcia in 2006. With all due respect
1: to Joanna Garcia, I do actually think she does a good job, but nothing tops Jennifer Lawrence. I mean... Morgan Fairchild, she is serving... She is. From beginning to end, she is serving, she is beautiful, she is bitchy, she's exactly what's needed. Yeah. Um, she puts in a good performance. I she think does. she does play a wonderful bitch. Um and she's flawless. Yeah. Love her. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's an easy one. It's, it's, it yeah, it, it is easy, and that's that's no disrespect to Joanna Garcia because I don't actually think she does a bad job. No. Uh, but in comparison. Ooh.
0: Yeah, but even with that final win for Morgan Fairchild, the winner is the remake. The remake. By one. By one. one Surprisingly. Very close.
1: In my heart, it's a tie. Yeah. It it's yeah. In my heart, it's a tie. I think, that they're both. They both give off the same camp energy. Yeah. And I appreciate them in different ways mm-hmm. for both films. But I think, in my heart, that they're on par. Yeah. <laughs> they're both
0: on YouTube in full, so absolutely yeah. check them out. I would
1: I would definitely... I think we'll be buying the Blu-ray of the yeah. original. Um, yeah, I would say check them out, definitely.
0: So... That brings us to our best and worst new releases of the month. However, this month, again, we haven't watched a single bad new release. We haven't. So we'll have to go with an older uh, worst of the month. But best of the month uh, absolutely smashed it out of the park. And no other best of the month on original versus remake could ever match up to it because... This didn't just become my best of the month, not just my best of the year. This became my favourite film of all time. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. Believe the hype.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... I, I cannot remember the last time I was so thoroughly entertained by a film, a new film, um, or a film in general, really. Um, it's got bags of charm, so much charm... It's expertly made, it's enthralling, it's emotional, it's stunningly acted. Yeah. I fucking loved it. I, I fucking love that
0: film. Yeah, it's something special. Yeah. It really is. Um, it's what great films should be. Yeah. It really is,
1: because it's so sincere, but funny, touching entertaining yeah yeah love it love it and please go see it if you haven't seen it and you have any interest in film whatsoever which i hope you do because you listen to the podcast i really thoroughly recommend it yeah the more people see it the you know the more the filmmakers success yeah you know we want to see more films like this yeah. And we'd also like to get them released in the UK
0: at the same time as yeah, America. Yeah, nice. But, yeah. <laughs> and for the worst of the month, I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, uh, again, older film, it's Oz the Great and Powerful. A load of shit. That was a load of shit.
1: That was. Um, but for me, for the love of the game... That was last month. That was after. We watched it after 13 Ghosts. So technically... Oh, well, technically. technically you always do this. And it always I know I always do this, but we're missing out. Well, technically, mine would be for but the love of the is, game as well. If, if we watch a film after... Yeah, I know, I know. Afterwards, then it gets off scot-free. But then I always forget to check. I need... People to know that for the love of the game is one of the most boring films I have ever watched in my whole life. Yeah, no. And same. with all due respect to Sam Raimi, Oz the Great Powerful was also fucking boring yeah. as well. Two really boring films. I'm sorry, Sam Raimi. You've made some absolute classics, but those two are fucking duds.
0: It is true. Yeah, they are, they are uh, horrific, but. For the honourable mentions, start off with two good Sam Raimi films. The Gift. Yes. Um, I, I believe this is massively underrated. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah,
1: good.
0: It's a lot of fun. Just, you know, was what it needed to be. Uh, also, by the way, um, everyone out there saying that this is Sam Raimi sneakily making Evil Dead 4, okay, come on guys, get a grip. Um, <laughs> it's not Evil Dead 4, is it? Come on. It's, it's you know, not quite. I, I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan and I did enjoy the film, but it's not Evil Dead 4. Shut up. Uh, Black Magic 1 and 2.
1: Yes, yeah, really enjoyed those, but much better than I expected them to be.
0: Yeah, uh, The Oily Maniac. Yeah. Super Inframan. Yeah, we've been watching some Shaw Brothers recently. Yeah. Mighty Pekin Man. That, that was good. Starring an absolute queen. (laughs) Um, Unmasked Part 25, which is a really great slasher parody from the 80s. And
1: from the UK as well. Really came out of left field, that one did. Uh, Love Letters...
0: Yes. Jamie Lee Curtis Jamie as a radio Lee. DJ getting uh, off of
1: James Keach. As we strive to watch every Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> film ever made, we did watch Love Letters, and yeah. surprisingly, from the director of Slumber Party Massacre, Yeah. Uh, we were
0: surprisingly entertained. As well as Blue Steel and A Fish Called Wonder. Um, some great Jamie Lee Curtis films.
1: Yeah, Blue Steel is a fantastic film, and I, I did really enjoy A Fish Called
0: Wonder. Uh, the heroic trio... Talk about being entertained yeah. by Michelle Yeoh. Um, accidentally Supercop 2, because <laughs> apparently when it was released on DVD as Supercop, you know, it, it was actually the sequel. It was. Very confusing. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was the first time watched for me, as was Demons 2. Practically the same film, both of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty
0: much. Um... Uh, We've pretty much just gone through every film we've watched. uh, Yeah, we've watched some good good films. films? Top Gun, I watched for the first time, but if Everything Everything, Everywhere All At Once wasn't within the last month, my best of the month would have been Top Gun Maverick because how you take something as fine, entertaining and average as Top Gun and create a sequel like that blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Um, seriously, a must-watch summer blockbuster. That hits the notes perfectly.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i not against the old cliche here and there on the podcast, uh, but it's edge of your seat. Yeah. It really is edge of your seat, thrilling, entertaining. Um, you were saying after we watched it the sound design yeah yeah is incredible um really just in th- you know a real thrilling film you know yeah. what action film should be you know um yeah very very good
0: very surprising very surprised yeah, i
1: was surprised by that i was surprised um yeah very good very very good
0: and that's this month's Original Versus Remake episode. We... Have... Oh, excuse me,
1: I watched 13 going on 30 for you... the first time. Oh, okay. This month, okay, this month. yeah.
0: And that deserves to be on air. <laughs>
1: just in case you see any film we ain't mentioned, yeah. <laughs> I've watched for the first time. <laughs> um, Gary turned 30 this month, so we thought the best way to celebrate was watching 13 going on 30. And Demons 2. And ever since you've been... Uh, Is it 30-30... I'm thriving. I'm thriving ever since.
0: (laughs) So that's this month's Original Versus Remake episode. Uh, We gave our socials at the start of the episode, but if you want to uh, hit us up directly, I'm dead at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter.
1: I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd.
0: And don't forget to give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow on I think, else. Just say nice things about us and give us five stars. We'd yes. Much appreciated. Um, Tuesday, we'll be back with our final episode of May before we start Pride Month. Um, but, you know... It's a film led by a gay icon anyway. Uh, I'm giving it that title. It's Lady Street Fighter.
1: Yes, the sequel to the Jean-Claude Van Damme... Oh,
0: oh no, sorry. it's <laughs> Not quite. And next month, for Pride Month, a very Pride Month special, original versus remake, we will be discussing both versions of Hairspray. Yes. So excited. Two
1: great films, in my opinion. Yep. I think it's going to be another difficult one for myself. Um, I might, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll discuss that yes. when the time
0: comes. But in the meantime, we'll be back on Tuesday. Bye.